Right, now just a quick shout out to anyone who's currently quarantined or self-isolating due to coronavirus. Also, of course, to anyone who's been more dramatically affected by the pandemic, if you've been unlucky enough to contract the virus or even if you've lost loved ones. If you're listening in the future, it's quite possible that's a hell of a lot of people. You know, I'd like to put some kind of positive spin on all this stuff, but that's probably not a good idea. The episode you're about to hear was recorded earlier this year before the pandemic started affecting Western Europe in a big way, which explains why COVID-19 doesn't get a mention here, which is quite nice in a way, isn't it? Remember when you could have a conversation without coronavirus coming up? As a matter of fact, I have about four months worth of ragbags pre-recorded already. It's going to be a totally insane four months. And no matter how insane it gets, coronavirus is not going to be mentioned on the podcast, which is a bit weird. And it bothers me slightly that I'm going to be putting all these episodes out, which don't mention the thing that's staring everyone in the face. I'm so far ahead of myself. A lot of these episodes were recorded a few months ago, you know, before it was even a thing in China. And now, in the real world, it seems like the pandemic is the only possible topic of conversation right now. Not on this show. I suppose this is a good way of escaping from it, right? You're putting a positive spin on it now, Frank. Don't do that. But I do think it's fair to say that ragbag is not supposed to be a reflection of anyone's real life. It's kind of an escape from real life. And in the case of the bonus bags, which we've got a great one lined up for you today, it's a podcast featuring musicians talking about their music. And there's still space for music in our lives, isn't there? Even when you're in lockdown, as I am right now, music is still there. And music is something that can get you through difficult times. It's an incredibly powerful thing. Whatever music you're into, I heartily recommend. If you're trapped somewhere, music is one of those things that can really help take you somewhere else, even if that's a temporary measure. And it can help you to feel differently about things. With all this talk of death, music is one of those things that can really make you feel alive. That's my thought for the day. Let's crack on. Welcome to Rag Bags, a bonus bag. My name's Frank Burton. This time we're hopping across to Belgium to talk to Jeff Jansen, who records under the name Art of Empathy. Jeff has just released the third Art of Empathy album, End of I. It's his first release for 10 years, and may I say it is without a doubt one of the best albums of the year so far. So let's get straight into it. Let's hear some Art of Empathy. I cannot 
ました
today and maybe not tomorrow but osip when the lights go out that's me hello there frank uh, this is jeff from art of empathy thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the project art of empathy in general and about the new album i created with it and i've always been more a question guy than i was an answer guy so i'm not the biggest storyteller but on the other hand, I really like to tell you how the project came about, what the drivers are, and how this has resulted in the music I present today. So let's get this over with and start with the first question you asked me, how I got started in music. And then I go back to my childhood, when I was walking in the backyard with my own uh, Fisher-Price tape recording machine, and I was uh, singing songs to my dogs and recording them. Why I did it, it was not really a matter of uh, self-expression, I guess, or about loving my own voice or, or performance, but it was more a thing of, uh, I would like to keep the melodies I had in my head, and I don't want to lose them, because they had a significant uh, impact on my, as a person, I guess. And the same thing happened with some of the songs, it was the 80s, when I was a kid. Some of the songs I heard on the radio, uh, as well as the songs that were coming out of my parents' audio system. And there were some of them that had a really deep impact on me, mostly when uh, there was some melody thing happening. Uh, those audio waves struck me in some kind of way. For instance, uh, when you have the animation movie of the Snowman uh, film, uh, that soundtrack really made a deep impact on me. Uh, was it mellow? Yes. Was it emotional? Yes. So I guess that was where it all started for me. And then I became this nine-year-old boy with this huge guitar that was forced to go to music class because it was uh, part of my parents' educational plan. And I have never really regretted the fact that they did so because the competences I have acquired during those classical guitar lessons uh, really made me create my own music. And that's where Art of Empathy actually really starts because the guitar strums and the riffs I've collected as a child, maybe on my Fisher-Price one-track recording machine, were the start of the first Art of Empathy songs. And that's also the reason why the classical guitar, the Spanish guitar, has always been very prominent in the songs I've created with this project. And even though I really wasn't a big uh, music listener as a child, I never forget the moment when I heard uh, Rape Me From Nirvana playing on the radio when I got into uh, puberty. It really struck me again like uh, the Snowman song did as a child. So I will never forget this moment when the Nirvana music hit me like lightning and I was lying on the floor of my room and saying to myself, this is really what I want to look for. This is the moment when I became an audio or a music junkie and I started to collect this uh, music that has a deep impact on me. And I do that until today. So I have this folder on my computer that's called Diamonds, in which I put music that really strikes me. That can be very quiet music, but it uh, can also be some fierce uh, black metal songs. Mostly it has to have uh, a melody in it 
that grabs me by the throat and I will put it in there. So when did I start Without of Empathy as a project? That must be around 2002 when I finished my studies and I decided to quit playing in hardcore and metal bands. Um, it was also the time that the computers were fast and strong enough to record music in a decent way and the internet was uh, in its 2.0 phase and it gave me the opportunity to spread this music around for free. It were the MySpace times, great times for being a DIY musician because I got in touch with amazing lot of people around the globe and it helped me spread around this music from one side of the planet to the other side of the planet. So let's get over to the next question. You asked me who are your influences and musically it's not that difficult to answer this question because I told you I have this diamond folder on my computer in which I keep uh, songs that really strike me. Those artists must have had a deep impact on the music of Art of Empathy and it's really a fact. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, songwriting wise. The band that had the biggest influence on my songwriting would be, without any doubt, Type O Negative uh, from Brooklyn, New York. It's not existing anymore because the lead singer Peter Steele died some years ago in 2010. But when you know any of their songs or you listen to any of their songs and you compare them with the songs of Art of Empathy, you will recognize the same pop song structure combined with some progressive elements in it. So they really managed to find a great balance in between the simplistic pop stuff and the more challenging proggy music. Well, and sound-wise, they also must have had an impact on my music, but it's not the sound of Art of Empathy at all. It's more metal, god metal, they call it. Uh, so there are other bands that influence my sound in any kind. And then I really should refer to two musical projects that help me craft the Art of Empathy sound. It should be a mixture between the sound of Dargaard, Dargaard from Austria. They don't exist anymore, but it's a beautiful dark wave band with the female singing. The way their frontman uh, Taron used his synthesizer to create orchestrations and create dark vibes, uh, resulting in this dark wave sound, has really had a big influence on the way I do it in Art of Empathy. And on the other hand, you have this band called Imperium from uh, Germany. They are the first band to sign the famous uh, Prophecy Productions. Uh, they had a really deep impact on uh, the Art of Empathy sound because they used uh, folk guitars and uh, acoustic Spanish guitars to create their sound when they did their acoustic albums. So from the start, Art of Empathy was aiming for a mixture between those two uh, sounds, the Dark Art, Dark Wave sound, and the Imperium folky, uh, melancholic vibe. 
And finally, there is the fact that I use a lot of samples in my music. Uh, I guess Type Negative, Dark Art do it as well. And also a lot of hardcore bands uh, start their songs with samples. And in my opinion, those samples can evoke such a big atmosphere. So that's the reason I do it a lot in my music. And later on, when I released some of my music, I was really astonished by the fact that there was some kind of neo-folk scene existing. Neo-folk with bands as Dead in June, Current 93, Sol Invictus. You also have this martial industrial type of music I wasn't aware of. And uh, I was really glad to discover the fact that I was not the only person creating this dark-sounding folky music. Even uh, from a thematic point of view, I don't find that much of a connection with this uh, music movement. It's really great that there is a scene existing that supports these kind of artists. Well, and thematically, what are the biggest influences on my lyrics? I think it's just the way I perceive the world in everyday experiences, as well as the stories I hear from other people. If you listen careful enough, if you observe well enough, you can see connections between the dots you are observing. And luckily, there are a lot of smart people around who are able to connect some more of those dots. And uh, they just write books about them, very interesting books. For instance, in Belgium, you have these uh, professors called Paul Verhagen or Dirk de Wachter. In Holland, you have uh, Rutger Bregman. In the UK, you have Alain de Botton. In the uh, USA, Mark Oudat, or even the spiritual learnings from Eckhart Tolle or the way of living of Chromax lead singer John Joseph that just helped me arrange some of the chaos in my head. And uh, without any doubt, those modern thinkers have a big influence on the lyrics of Art of Empathy as well as the ancient philosophers do. This life follows you. Up to the next question. It seems to me like you're really doing something very different and very original. Is originality something that you have to consciously try and do, or is this more of a natural process? Uh, well, it was indeed one of the main focal points when I started the project about 16 years ago. Back in those days, and even today maybe, uh, music was my best friend and therapist to cope with the challenges that crossed my path. So I felt recognized in the emotions that lived inside me and I was glad to find connection with like-minded people who dealt with the same issues I did. So I really wanted to create music that would generate the same feeling of comfort and connection with the listener. If not, why should you create music anyway if, if there's no connection? So yes, it had to be something quite original for I'd like to have also a, some kind of unique selling point even uh, when the music was spread around for free. And of course, I've always been influenced by other musicians. Which musician has not? 
But after three albums, many people tell me that there is really something like the Art of Empathy sound, and I'm really glad that I found that. Next question, do you have a process for writing songs or a piece of music? Well, uh, my process of creating music is like an absent-minded professor who uh, withdraws the door from his lab to come out with the results after a few months, I guess. That's my approach, that's my way of working. So uh, what's happening behind the door of this lab at my home recording studio? Uh, it might also might be in, in, in my car when I'm driving to my job. But um, first of all, I determine what should be the global concept and what it could or should sound like. So uh, the first album, Evening Session, was a very dreamy album. Uh, the second album should sound uh, apocalyptic. And the third uh, album, I was really aiming for a mixture between the airiness and the dreaminess of the first album and the doomy dark tracks of the second album. And mostly I also choose a team to hook the songs on, so every song will deal with a specific subject within this theme. So you get some kind of a concept album, like the second album and the last album. Next, for every subject that I've chosen, I will search for some soothing uh, melodies. A uh, melody very important for me, as well as the music for Art of Empathy. Uh, so the melodies that can come from uh, guitarists that I saved on my computer or some piano tunes that I saved on my computer. But it's also possible that I create some new tunes in my head with my guitar on my lap or sitting behind my piano. And finally, the rough demo uh, undergoes some minor changes during production time. But the shitty thing, I think, is uh, that the creative process almost ends here while there is still a lot of work to do. I think of recording, editing, mixing, mastering uh, to come to this uh, finished song. And that's really the burden of a, a DIY uh, approach. It's really very, very, very time consuming. So I might do things different in the future. So uh, maybe I will go for a more organic approach. Maybe I will collaborate with other artists. Uh, we'll see what the future brings. Next question, where does the name Art of Empathy come from? Uh, well, the name Art of Empathy is uh, coming from the period in my life that I was working as a job student during summer. And I was really thinking about creating my own music project in a dull moment. And I brainstormed about a good name. And there was one thing that was very certain that I had to start it all from scratch. So marketing-wise, a project name starting with an A uh, might help me in case of alphabetic rankings. So that became our empathy because that sounded good to my ears and it fitted the dreamy music I had in mind. And nowadays with the new record and the things that are happening worldwide, uh, it became the perfect name for this project in my opinion. 
because the concept art of empathy is used by several people around the world, just like the word empath has become very popular. Uh, why? Um, because people are starting to realize that empathy is a social skill, which 96% uh, of the world is really able to use. If you go back, biologically, people are group animals that depend on this skill. Uh, for instance, back in the days when another group member had eaten some rotten food or had eyes filled with fear from an approaching enemy, your empathy helped you survive. Uh, the Trumps and the Putins of this world would be excluded from the tribe because we would all realize that egocentric narcissists, I know it's a buzzword, but you get my point, would do the tribe just more harm than good. And absolutely, for the record, I'm not making any political statements over here. And this brings me to your next question. I guess uh, you'd like to know something more about the philosophical ideas. Uh, they are not political. Um, or you'd like to know a little bit more about the idea, what is end of eye? What, what is the meaning of it? Well, end of eye is a very topical fact or, or something that I hope is taking place at this very moment worldwide. And maybe it's best to start the end of eye story within this previous century where we had the century of the big stories. We had some uh, communism stories, we had some fascism stories, we had some liberalism stories. And then you also had the big stories told by the religious institutes worldwide, etc., etc. And the previous century told us that those utopian stories turned out to be dystopias when they were realized. So the belief in those stories has collapsed during the last century. And even in the music scene, you see the same thing happening. The subgenres of the last centuries, they are kind of disappearing uh, when I look at the music scene today. And I don't think this is a bad evolution. On the, on the contrary, it shows that people are just more open-minded than about 20 years ago, I guess. But on the other hand, there's also a slight danger in the disappearance of those stories of the last century because it left us with a gap, I guess. We people are story-loving animals and we'd like to hear a good story to believe in. And that is where the illusion of the meritocracy comes in, I guess. A story told by people with neoliberal ideas. It is the story of the American dream where everybody starts with the tabula rasa and if you work hard enough, you can be very successful and rich if you like. But it's also the story of the rat race uh, with winners and losers, with people around you being enemies you can trust, whom you must compete, resulting in some kind of hyper-individualistic, hyper-competitive form of society which make the USA today become the DSA, the Divided States of America, in which Abilify is the most prescribed drug. It's an antipsychotic and people just 
don't dare to trust another. And on top of that, I don't have this amazing story to believe in anymore, uh, resulting in apathy, cynicism or indifference. And this is not just the story of the USA, it's happening worldwide. Uh, in Europe, we experience the same things. Uh, for instance, uh, the Brexit story is a perfect example. But then again, if you realize that the earth has become a giant village, everybody must admit we are in this together. And the uh, multinational companies have already shown us that the idea of the nation state is not longer of this time. Uh, the same thing is happening with the climate change. It does not take account of the borders of countries. And then the question arises, how are we going to behave as a human species in this uh, new reality? Do we just continue to pursue our own individual dreams and thereby compete with every other individual? In that case, we might use some nuclear power or biological weapons, maybe. Are we going to pursue our own golden Trump towers, even with the scientific proof that a big uh, luxury doesn't make people happier? Or is there another way in which we can use our empathy to get in touch with the other people uh, of the 69% of the population? And can we work some things out? If you would ask me, I would choose the second option because I don't want to believe in the depravity of man. And then the whole homo homini lupus idea from Thomas Hobbes, man being a wolf to the other man, I uh, truly believe it's an invention by those in power like uh, Richard Bregman stated in his latest book. Power is like a hard drug, it's very addictive and you can't just get enough of it. Let's go over to the next question. What's the music scene like where you are? Okay, if I must respect the Belgium nation borders, we have a Dutch scene and we have a French scene. Uh, also, Brussels has its own scene. Uh, but I don't feel that much integrated in this uh, music scene of Belgium because I don't have that much connections. And that is just a result of being a DIY artist, a one-man project, sitting in his home studio, being a in control of everything it's very nice but my guts tell me that it's time for a different approach so the concept end of i might also refer to this end of i workflow that being said uh, there are a lot of great bands in belgium uh, for instance uh, they don't exist anymore but one of my all-time favorite bands is the metalcore band uh, morda you also have a decent metalcore band uh, archangel from brussels and today you also have this amazing band called Brutus, uh, Steak or Amen Ra. 
uh, which produce a lot of amazing heavy music. And aside from all this heavy sounding stuff, we also have uh, other bands which produce a lot of great stuff. Uh, check Hoover Phonic out, our uh, candidate for the Eurovision uh, Song Festival. I don't watch the festival myself, and maybe there's not a single soul in the UK with all the Brexit stuff going on that watches the festival, but why not give them a chance? Up to the next question, what music are you listening at the moment? If you ask me what music I'm listening to, I would grab my cell phone and look up the bands that are in my music folder. And what you would find over there is a lot of metal, uh, melodical metal, of course, uh, mellow dead, melodical black metal. Um, I also came to the conclusion that the Finnish bands would include some of the folky vibes attract me very much. Uh, to name some bands, you have uh, Winter Sun. It was a very great band uh, some years ago, but they became some kind of gear junkies, I guess. Uh, today you have bands like Insomnium, Para, Omnium Gatherum, which I really love. And not only because they play this heavy-sounding, melodical stuff, but also it's a very pleasure to see them play live. Another project I really like a lot, it's also from Finland, it's a one-man project, it's definitely not metal, it's more suiting uh, ambient music. Uh, it's a guy who uses the uh, traditional folk instrument, the kantele, uh, in Finland, and it's called Nest. It's very, very nice to uh, relax to. And in the same vein, it's not uh, all metal I listen to. You have this uh, amazing uh, singer-songwriter, Kurt File. He's the former guitarist of uh, The War on Drugs, I guess. It's one of the latest artists of which I'm very pleased to have discovered. Then there is also a little bit of room for EBM or synth-pop bands like VNV Nation, uh, Neurotic Fish. It's my favorite music to party on. And then last but uh, not least, it's the hardcore stuff I enjoyed since I was a youngster. Um, I really keep on grabbing to those albums because uh, they help me to discipline myself. And some of the bands I'm listening to at this very moment are Chromex, Biohazard, Youth of Today, Madball, Archangel and uh, a recent discovery called Wolf Down. Then the final question for this interview, do you perform live? Well, I was really playing with the idea of uh, assembling a band and playing live, but I was uh, recently strengthened in my idea to not do it anyway. 
because of the simple fact there is just really not that much interest in these kind of uh, shows. I've seen some of the biggest neo-folk bands around the world playing for about 30 or 40 people, not everyone being very interested in the live performance. So uh, even though I really like to play live, it's not the biggest motivator to assemble a band and put a lot of time and effort into uh, such a live show. So uh, the goal I'm really aiming for with this uh, Art of Empathy project is creating just great music which travels the world by itself. Uh, just like the music of Summoning Dust, for instance, they never played live, but uh, it resonates with a lot of people. But let's never say never, uh, maybe you'll find me one day performing some Art of Empathy songs live on a stage, maybe together with my daughter playing the piano or something like that. We will see what the future brings. Their sources dry and 
Anyways, Frank, uh, thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity to uh, join your podcast. I really love the stuff you are creating with this podcast. I also love the stuff you are writing. Uh, I really love your kind of humor, like I told you. So uh, please keep on doing this and stay creative, man. Same to you, man. What else can I say? Jeff Jansen, guys, a.k.a. Art of Empathy. Check out the links in the show notes. All three Art of Empathy albums are free to download with a donate option. I highly recommend that you check it all out. Also, please do check out my website, frankperson.co.uk. All the details of my other work can be found there, including the Ragbag Rambler video series and, of course, the first Ragbag novel, Everything I Am. Make sure you buy several copies of that for you and all your friends. But I will see you soon. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>